Fun and Matt. We're an interracial couple with two kids wanting to do something that highlights the power of friendship and what it means to be in the company of true friends. We're going to move our society away and out of the loneliness epidemic and into a friendlier, happier world. Welcome to our friendly world. Better, stronger, together. Good morning. Welcome to our friendly world. Today, this morning, I am having coffee. My hot beverage smells delicious. I never have coffee. I hardly ever have coffee. It's delicious. I love the scent. And we got I think this, I love the scent more than anything. We got this fancy schmancy caramel creamer, too. We did. I'm very excited about it. Except it was in these tiny thimble-sized containers. Yeah, it looked much Devils. bigger online when I bought it. It's, it's purely oats, I think. It's so good. Anywho, today's topic. How about what? Family. Huh? Family. Family as it relates to why we started Be Friendly. Uh-huh. Right? So growing up, I, um, of course, I'm originally from another culture. My family moved to the United States before I was born. But I ended up popping out outside of the United States and then popping back in when I was six months old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. popping back in like... No, you mean like popping back in the country. You nasty. You nasty. (laughs) I was very confused. Do you remember in our birthing classes when we we went to that birthing class? Remember the horrendous videos they showed us? And that one woman where the baby went back in three times. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) Anywho. Yes, yes. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so growing up biculturally, can I say that? Is that a word? It is you know, now. Growing up with two different cultures. Right. I was very sensitive to both. I, I was always a quiet kid. I mean, a very rebellious kid, probably, because I'm rebellious now. I can't imagine I wasn't back then. I mean, I was a really good kid, but I, I, I feel like I was quiet because I, I remember always just watching people watching relatives, really listening to what kind of things that were coming out of their mouths. And I remember being horrified by a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, you know, like certain words that are used in different languages, I would try to translate that for myself into English. And I'm like, oh my God, they're calling me Satan. I couldn't tell if it was a term of endearment or they really hated me. And it was kind of both the way I grew up. So anyway, so I was sensitive. I was always listening. You know, Mm -hmm. I was always um, paying attention to what people said. Right. And in elementary school was when divorce was becoming more popular. And a lot of my friends walked home alone. They had keys. They went home, made themselves dinner. They were pretty much alone. So that was interesting to watch that. I would listen to the adults speak. I constantly heard over and over again, oh, can't wait until you turn 18 because you'll be out. You're, you know, 18 and you're on your own, kid. I heard that over and over again. And that horrified me. As much as I grew up in a family where I was literally making an X on the calendar until I turned 18 to get out just to save my own sanity, mm-hmm. I, I was horrified by that. It was like, oh my goodness, it's like they have a lease and their lease is up in 18 years and they're out on the street. It was horrifying to me that a parent would say that 
Yeah, no, 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 no arguments. I think it was before the age of the meme, it was a meme to say. It's still said. It's said now as soon as... Okay, so when we became parents for the first time 12 years ago, do you remember? Do you remember? They couldn't... The fellow other parents that we would run into, they're babies. They just had babies, and they're like, oh, can't wait until... Oh, thank goodness I get to put them in daycare. Yeah, but time out, time out, time out. I will agree that there is a certain percentage of people who feel that way. I think there's a whole other percentage of people who get beaten down by the culture to say, okay, as a woman and a mother, it's not enough. And you have to have a successful, you have to be a lawyer too. And you have to make gourmet meals. And you have to go travel. And you have to have a big, expensive BMW, Audi, Mercedes car. And you have to, and you have to, and you have to. And part of it is also part of the way you camouflage yourself inside of that is to say what everyone else is saying. And, and if they feel like everyone else is saying a similar message, then they say the same thing because, oh, that's funny. But you know what? That is creating a huge injustice for women, you know, mothers, because it's, I was just talking to a friend of mine who's a doctor who's being told, hey, what have you done with your life? You haven't done anything with your life the last 10 years. Uh, you know, aside that, from multiple but, children and Yeah, exactly. Three children, and... you know, all under the age of nine. Right. My goodness. It's really hard. Honestly, and I, I don't want to sound like a cliche, but it's really hard being a woman, let alone an ethnic woman, mother, a mother, like everything, going to the pediatrician, to go in the grocery store, the constant judgment and the things that are said to me are unbelievable. I should, I should write down the things that have been said to me. It is ridiculous. If a man were to experience that, you would have fist fights. You would have a bra. Uh, every outing. Anyway, I'm, I'm kind of, we're, we're going off track. I think the reason why we have this loneliness epidemic, and I'm really, I've tried very hard over the years, we've been researching this cultural phenomenon, phenomena, phenomenon. As we've been looking at this the last few years, especially, we've been diving in deep, right? Like what, what has really caused this loneliness epidemic? I always go back to what I heard as a kid, you know, and and the fragmentation of family. You end up moving away, you know, because of, of course you're told you're out by 18. Right. But also, I think way before that, you know, jobs. Your job is taking you to this other state. Your job is taking you all the way over here. And it's the one thing that all kinds of parents are okay with as long as it's your job okay i'm cool like you can you can be excused for being away from certain family obligations because of your job and so we blame the job oh well we're moving over here i can tell you for me i was planning my move so i could have a healthy life like i gotta get away from these people but i think if you really look at it, and it sounds terrible to say, but I think it's just trying to break away from what doesn't work to build your own life, right? 
segregating yourself. Can I use that word? Um, separating yourself. Mm-hmm. But and also the the pain that that creates. It's hard to not have a family unit. It is so hard. I mean, for me, I had to practically escape right after graduation from high school, take myself to college. Didn't know where I was going to sleep that night. I had everything I owned with me. I had to figure out a way to take the luggage to some youth hostel to figure out, okay, I'm going to stay here until school opens up and I have to find a job right away and I have to figure out everything. You know, I did not have that typical, the parents take you away to college and they help you set up. None of that. You know, it was horrific. And by the grace of amazing humanity, the most amazing people here and there popped up. Like, uh, remember, uh, what's that? The blue, the blue shuttle? What was it called? The super t- shuttle. Super shuttle. But you're dating yourself now. Who cares? <laughs> but the super shuttle guy, the fourth one who finally decided to stop and take me to where I needed to go, he ended up giving me a tour and told me about the city, told me where to go to, not go to. Like, I had friends that came in here and there. Like, they they assumed that position. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it's so hard to not have that, 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 what do you call it? That, uh, not the bond, of course the bond, but that support. <sighs> but, you know, you suck it up and you do it. You're, you're tough and you, you make it on your own. But it's really hard. It takes a lot of energy. And I think, and, and I'm going to let you talk. I just want to. Oh, I, you are? I am. So I just want to get all this stuff off my chest. But what I've noticed over the last few decades <laughs> is that the same as how we have grown and treated family has now evolved into friendship. I think that we're also separate from other people. We, we assume they're good friends, but it's all very superficial. Much like going to Thanksgiving dinners are superficial because you really don't, you know, they're, you're not really close to these people anymore, right? You're separate, right? I'm not going to argue that you're independent. on some level. Although God knows when the last time it was. So, I mean, everything has the core, the nucleus, right? And I think the core of what has happened the core of what has happened with friendship in our culture really stems from how we were raised in the family unit. And you're out by 18. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I totally understand what you're saying. I had a different experience. You, Your room turned into the sewing room. Hold on. As soon as you were gone. No, no, no. Time out. Time out. Okay? All right. Explain. All right. I went to college. We did the whole road trip with the fam up. I almost got a speeding ticket on the way up, by the way, but that's another story. <laughs> and I was in college. And no, they kept my room the way it was. I mean, <clears throat> they probably cleaned it. But um, yeah, no, they kept it the way it was. I came home for Thanksgiving. I came home for um, Christmas-ish or winter holidays. Uh, came home again spring holidays and I came home for the summers I worked summers in my old hometown um, 
And then after I had graduated and finally found a job, you know, again, I lived, I lived at home until I was like 25. And I would have lived at home longer, but the commute and I was making too much money at that point. So none of it made, it didn't make sense anymore. You also had more evolved parents when it comes to really taking care of their kids. And there you go. See, so again, different, a whole different experience. Now, of course, like two seconds after I moved my stuff out, yeah, it did turn into a sewing room. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. But, you know, otherwise what? It's dead space. And it, it, it was the choice spot for them because it was right at the top of the stairs. Okay. 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 But you must admit, we we have so many people we talk to, you know, our friends and stuff, and their rooms, they can't wait to turn that room into something else. And part of it is probably because <clears throat> parents legitimately don't want to let go of their kids, but like changing the room into something that they can look forward to using will ease the pain of having the absence of their Yeah, exactly. Child. And also it's... It's like we've accepted the script, and the script always says when our children want to leave, we have to be totally cool with that, which is bizarre. Um, and we have to start talking about turning rooms into such and such, and we have to start dreaming about our children leaving the home at an early point. That's the script. It's the same way that, you know, you go into work and, you know, it's a Monday and somebody's sad and you say, oh, it looks like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. It's the script and it's, it's disingenuous and unauthentic, but it's the script and everybody gets a giggle and you feel like maybe you belong. Giggle. I don't like that. Well, you're weird. And I, lo I look at it cross-eyed too because, you know, I just look at it as... Ugh. At some point, we'll have a real conversation, but this ain't it. See, for me, I want to have the real conversation immediately, so I'm turned off by by that. Like, I just, ugh. Ugh! But it seems like most conversations I would have with people, it, it, it feels like due to the things I'm interested in and, and where my headspace is at, I have to make sure that they like me as a person on a superficial level, you're gonna love this, on a superficial level, before I feel comfortable diving down with a person. Well, that, that because you're such a great, um, what do you call it? Do I call you a business person? No. You do really well. I'm a good, I'm a good teammate, honestly. You do really well at work. You're able to be a samurai about it. Uh, no. Do you know, Samurai yeah, would stride across and and take no guff. You know, here's my lord. Give me give me my instructions. Okay, I'll then. make it happen. I'm the samurai then. You know, it's, I'll take it's, my sword out. It's more about being more almost like a hippie at work, where it's like, hey man, everything's groovy, man. Let's just groove. You know, whatever you're into, it's it's cool, man. What you're it's, saying, that's how you are. Is almost how I am. It's it's more yeah. of it's more of a, a a hippie's frame of mind as far as like trying to be open and trying to understand because, you know, it's again my firm belief that everyone has a great story to tell, and God knows I do, um, <laughs> at least one, and I believe that everybody's super passionate about at least one thing. Now they might be super passionate about French poetry of the Renaissance period. But you know what? You can get me hooked because of your passion if I heard it. You know, if, you know, because you would express to me what makes it so cool, provided it's a safe space for you. 
In the same way, I've, I know some great musical albums, phenomenal musical albums. Can't get my kids to listen to them. <laughs> well, not yet. My God, must you like brainwash them on every subject no, the, look, you know you say anything they're like yes daddy daddy yes they're listening to the dang pop music finally like i have some some influence the dang pop music but you say anything and they're like oh yeah oh yeah i'm having a deja vu right now anyway so but you're at work you're able to not show if something really bothers you. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. It's a good thing because you can um, not get heated and really transform what happens at work into a better place. Well, you would think that, but I've I've had um, occasions where it's gone completely the other way. So really? let's be careful. Oh yeah, well yeah. Really? What happened in um, Sausalito? Yeah, but you were still... That was a complete atom No, bomb. look, but that, I guarantee, like, I mean, I wasn't there. I only heard about it when you came home. And the stuff I heard, I'm still pissed off about. Like, honestly, like, I, I, I want to... Like, I think about... I daydream about how I can retaliate. <laughs> but, um... No, but even then, I guarantee that you were not a hothead. Did you flip a table over or anything like that? I would never. I, I don't know if I've ever flipped a table over in anger. I can't hide my anger. You know, I'm not going to get violent, but you can see it all over my face. If I feel a certain way, you're going to see it. I can't hide it. I admire people who can hide it, but I, I don't think it's good for you to keep it on the inside for sure. But to just for a few hours, if I had the superpower that you have of remaining calm and not at least the appearance of calm and not having being so would you say transparent yeah i would say transparent and parent now should theoretically take us back to wherever it was we were but god knows i don't i don't know where we're at well now. we're talking about i mean it's all related we're talking about relationships i know i mean i wanted to talk about um, oh. kitchen table talk uh, <laughs> i wanted to by the way we are in our kitchen so you're gonna hear spoons it's okay it's okay it's okay our daughter just dropped a spoon um so anyway kitchen table talk right no, no. this is definitely not kitchen table talk oh. that's severely privileged data yeah and, we and say this is not yeah we 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 tell the kids we can talk about anything you want to talk about whatever is in your heart and we call it kitchen table talk that means it stays with us right here at the kitchen table we're free to explore all of our thoughts and it's just it stays here versus having this big giant microphone in between us and god knows who's going to be listening i hope somebody's listening out there I'm hello back. me too um so anyway you know back to i really want to explore the idea of i mean so do you think i'm wrong i feel like you totally disproved what i was trying to say uh -oh. about about why there is a loneliness epidemic i think it stems from family i'm not saying that we should stick with family i think we should stick with authenticity and really being there for each other really hearing each other and seeing each other and i think most parents especially from our generation and generations before that didn't want to see or hear their kids they don't and if you get enough of that of course you want to move away from that 
And I think that's also translated with just in all relationships in general. Are we really hearing what someone is saying? You know, even if they're not using words, you do this. You can look at someone and know what's going on. Like, you're really good at it. And so am I in a different way. You know, you can see someone from 40, 50, 60 feet away. <laughs> Thousand yard stare, folks. No, oh my I'm just goodness. kidding. Well, okay. Okay. So, I want to you know, say. Wait, wait. Do you know what I'm saying? No, though? no, no. And I totally get it. However, now I'm going to tie things back, I think. I think we learn superficiality and how to be unauthentic from our family. Yeah. You know, and I think that we carry that forward. But not from them also, but, but from the dynamic of being in that situation. Yes. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, is when we see parental units with their friends, which didn't happen very often in my house. Me neither. But again, it's a superficial, unauthentic communication. And we start to view this as normal. I mean... People would come from other countries to visit that, you know, they had known each other for 20, 30 years. And it didn't feel like the kinds of conversations I would like to have where you really kind of carve things down to the root of the matter. It was about trying this place or going to this destination or 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 is how it felt to me now maybe i was missing a heck of a lot maybe they were editing it because you were in the room and that is possible maybe they were editing it because i was in the room but even like you know dealing with the um visiting with you know visiting having family over from you know one county over or whatever um it still it didn't feel as authentic and maybe it's true maybe i missed all the authentic authentic communications I don't think but so. that's how we learn we learn by hearing the authentic right. communication right, exactly we don't learn you know what do we learn by hearing the superficial ones well we make those assumptions you know my my best friends in high school we were best friends initially <laughs> oh yeah this is fun initially my first group of quote-unquote best friends in high school we played dungeons and dragons my second group of friends Listen to the same music I did. What else did we have in common? <laughs> we were all in the high school band, but I'm fucked. You know, and but but that's By the what way, brought you did us not together. look like the typical band members that you see in movies. I mean, you look like a heavy metal rock star. I look like Peter Frampton in my outfit. I swear to God. I don't. <laughs> I want to say that, um, you know, we got to a point where we started having authentic communication with, with my best friends in high school, but it took, a, it took an interesting amount. Um, you know, there's a lot of peacocking and bullshit posturing. And it's, it's also very corporate. I was going to say, when you were describing friends and family coming from other countries for a visit and mm-hmm. the conversation, and just, and also knowing, of course, your family... It's, it's still very corporate. They keep things just at a level where there is no rubbing the other person the wrong way. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. you would do in a corporate office because you don't want to get in trouble right. or you don't want to reveal too much because it'll be used against you. Well, yeah, at the, at the dinner table, you're not supposed to discuss religion or politics. And see, where I come from, you had to. Like, because, you know, being immigrants and, like... Uh, dealing with 
all kinds of killings and stuff, you know, like where <laughs> you, you talked about politics and there was no, there was no editing. So I grew up really hearing what was going on. And, and that's how we're raising our kids because I want them to know what's really going on. Right. I want them to know the full conversation I have with my friends. I don't edit. And, and then I'll talk to them about it. Like, hey, we discussed this. And if something is a little bit scary, I'll say, you know, I know that probably sounded really scary, but this is, this is how it goes. You know, I'll storybook it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like turn it into a, just a very uh, safe story environments so we discuss everything so they're not shocked when they're older and they're hit with something like racism you know what i mean totally no and i and and again i totally get it but you know this is not typical it's not typical i don't i i look at children my children's age and they they seem very our children's age yeah they seem very immature ours do no other kids Oh, other kids see yeah even though they're like you know posturing and they've and they've got the superficiality oh my down God. hold on a second other kids that are the same age as our kids mm-hmm. seem like 40 year old divorcees see but to me it's like they're again they feel inauthentic because they're it's all again it feels very corporate right and i'm so sorry that i'm putting it's it sounds like i'm putting all corporations down but it's the same kind of behavior that I saw working in the corporate world. Right. Is you you posture. Right. You know, if you don't have that shoe on, those shoes, or if you don't wear this, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't wear a certain suit, you can't talk to this certain executive, right? Right. Like the Japanese um, business. Right. Like you have to dress a certain way to speak to this certain boss. And I, right? again, it's totally the same thing it. with kids. If you're not wearing these shoes, you can't fit in with this group over here. I mean, is it still like that? I think it's still like that. I have no idea. But, yeah, because we've homeschooled forever. But but I, I just see it on the street when we, we used to go out. <laughs> we, I see it. Like, I can see the other kids scanning up and down each other mm-hmm. and putting everything in place. Like, like a total scanner, like a robot. Like, right. Boop, fit in, don't fit in. It's ridiculous. It, it's not, it's it's very superficial. That's what I'm trying to figure out. How can we get past that? How can we have authentic situations where you're really seeing the person? You're not seeing their shoes. You're seeing the person. What are their eyes telling you? Right. And please, for God's sake, don't ask me how I am if you don't really care. You know, how you doing? Not so bad. <laughs> Fine, good. How you doing? You know, just don't ask me. Right. If you're if you're not really caring. But again, it's it's following the script. But you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't want the script. Don't you get mad when you have to call Xfinity or what other businesses we call? And we throw them off script, and then you could see them, like, you could hear them trying to backtrack to get back on script. Right. And it's, it's, it's so frustrating when you know someone is just reading a script. Yes. Because they're forced to. Right. Yeah, I love it when they say, I hear your frustration, and I want to solve your problem. It's like, well, yeah, of course you want to solve my problem. Don't tell me the obvious, but... 
How do we get past the script? And and here's 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 another problem. You know, let's pretend. Let's pretend you parachute into an office, right? And let's pretend you parachute into an office where everyone is 100% authentic. So somebody is going to hate you and tell you they hate you. That's not cool. Or yes, everyone, it is. No, hold it on, is. hold on. Because you can tell they hate you anyway. Just by looking at you, they're gonna hate you. Yeah. Not because you've done anything or not For done sure. anything. So we need some base, I feel, and you're gonna disagree, that we need some base level of cordiality. I just think it's too far, it's too big of a script, and people should learn not to take it personally if someone never says, hey, do you want to go for coffee? You know what? Then maybe we should just be quiet. Yes. And not say the standard lines right. and just stare. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. You know, that. for a second, not stare, but just to just really like look in the person's eyes. Do but, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, no, no. And no. oh, for God's sake, do not smile. You know how people just stretch their lips out? So I'm a photographer. <laughs> I hate it when, like, I, when I see those photographs where you could just see, they just, they just show their teeth. <sighs> it is frightening people. Please don't do that. Please don't do that. You know, so th that smile. And I always watch people that smile at each other. And as soon as they turn around, that smile, like, boom, is disappears within a split second. It is scary to watch. And guaranteed, the person feels it. Right. Even if you turn around and you're not smiling, the person can feel that. Mm -hmm. Everybody's becoming more and more sensitive. You know, like, I remember being this way as a kid and my other friends saying, hey, you know, other people aren't like that. Or people aren't sensitive or psychic like that. But now I think everybody is. Everybody feels everything. If you want to admit it or not. Well, again, I think, I think that everyone is connected, even if they're not present to it. I think you're right. Um, when I was in college, woot woot, um, I, was, I was in a spot on like the third or fourth floor of a building, looking out this big concrete and glass thing. And I was looking down, it was a big quad actually. So I was in a building in the, and like there was two like horseshoe kind of buildings. I'm Yeah, I was in one of the horseshoe buildings and there was a big courtyard in, in between. And this was during like um, Thanksgiving. I, I, was, I was at college for Thanksgiving. So the campus was deserted and somebody was walking through. And I just stared at that person, just cause. So from how far away? So I was probably two hundred yards, maybe away, maybe maybe it's only two hundred feet. I don't know. I'm so terrible you were at inside, guessing. I was inside, hundred percent sure they couldn't see me, but I could see them. Mm -hmm. They stopped and they looked around. Yeah, because they there was no it. noise, and from that I've extrapolated that uh, yes. we we have a connection. We know when we're being watched. And maybe we're being watched by, you know, a Wait. cat, or maybe we're being watched by something we can't see, but we kind of know. So I think we have, you know, a connection as Absolutely. human beings to one another. With animals too, remember? What were those birds called on the tree, the house on the island? Ospreys? Osprey. Remember? So I was inside our living room and we had a telescope. And the Which telescope, I wish we still had, by the way. I know. We had to get rid of everything. 
So I remember the telescope was already pointed a certain direction. So you can't say, oh, the glass probably made some sort of a light shine or something. Right. But I remember so quietly, I was just sitting there and the osprey landed on the tree. And I just put my eye to the, tel- to the telescope and the osprey, osprey or osprey? Osprey. osprey. Like in a split second, whoo, looked right into, I swear, through the lens and it made me jump back. The energeticness of it made me jump back in fear, like <gasps> because his fierce stare and it, the, the 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 quickness of it and the intensity of it scared the heck out of me. But like we're connected. Do you know what I mean? Right. But now let's rewind. All of us. Let's rewind. All beings. Back to parachuting you into an office where somebody hates you. Yeah. <sighs> Wouldn't it be great if they could, I don't know, figure you out before they hate you? But they are, don't you think? So we're talking about being connected and being... Okay, I use the word psychic, and I'm sure I'm turning a lot of people off with that, but I'm going to use it anyway. But don't you think that's what they're picking up on? And it may not be... Like, you can't take it personally. It could be they hate you because of the position that suddenly you have. Or maybe they think they're higher than you. Or... You just remind them of somebody else. Do you know what I mean? Then, and I get that, but I don't know. I have a hard time hating people I don't know. Of course. And I'm willing to discount the psychicness. As far as, I don't think I'm going to like this person. I'm willing to power through that. Because again, I, everyone has an interesting story to tell. Well, first of all, you're and, forced to power through that because you have to work together. Well, except for... Now, because I've I've grown my muscles, um, it's not about powering through it. It's about trying to understand it. So I come to it from a different place because it's like, oh, that person is, you know, maybe strange in some way. Oh, I wonder why. I guess I'm going to find out. <laughs> it's it's a different, it's an inquisitive sense as opposed to an already judging sense, which is terrible because I'm like the world's worst judger, honestly, I think. But... In, you are? You're not. You're the best. I judge everybody, oh, oh, you mean judging, judging. Yeah, I judge everybody. That's true. You've like, you've like, what do you call it? Onto me, that judging. I never judged until we got together. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad because I never judged Myers-Briggs, it, it, it I'm brought, an INTJ. It, it, <laughs> introverted, intuitive, thinking judger. But I didn't judge at all, and I think it got me in trouble. You know, I was way too open. Too far one way is a problem, I yeah. think, in general. Um, but it, it's, it's addictive. I don't know. Heck, yes, it is. I don't like it. Uh, yeah. And, and so, like, when I'm in a situation where I know I'm going to be exposed to these people for long periods of time, it, I really try and understand them so that I can work with them. Uh, case in point, you know, I'm, I recently started a new job. And... I had my first conversation with somebody I worked with. Um, yeah, the first conversation did not go well. The second conversation went very well. You with know, the same it's person? With the same person. So. And why is that? Everyone has an agenda. Everyone has thoughts. Everyone has. And, and my general thoughts and agenda when I started at a job is let's get her done. That's it. Get what done? Whatever, whatever my assignment is. The assignment. Yeah. Let's get my assignment done. Let's see what I can do. And in this case, I was, God bless it, 
Um, I wasn't told to take the hill. I was told to help the guy who was taking the hill. So that's what I was doing. I don't know what that means, taking the hill. Oh, so you're in charge, make this thing happen. Versus Mm -hmm. this guy's in charge, make sure he can make this thing happen. So you kind of slither around it, and slither's a terrible word, and figure out what isn't being handled and what you what you feel you can handle. Because, of course, when you start a new job, you're a flipping idiot. doesn't matter I'm a senior this or a lead this or a whatever this, that, architect that. doesn't matter. I don't understand how they do things. I don't understand why they do things. Is it a cultural thing? Um, every Like a company cultural thing? Every company has their own way of doing things, and every project I get thrown into has their own way of doing things. This is why... Um, so not only do you have to take care of the task, but at the same time you have to figure out what the culture is Yes. in order to complete that task properly. On some level, yes, because you don't want to do it in such a way that it interferes with the culture. It's my firm belief on a, in a team environment, and wow, we're off in tangent land, but in a team environment, one person standing out, tall poppy syndrome as they say in Australia, uh, is bad. And it can be bad because he is awesome, and it can be bad because he is lame. But this goes, this is not going off subject. This is how families are. That's what I'm trying to say. It all stems from family. And we take that, all, the, all those things that we've learned, we take it to friendships, we take it to the work environment, right? Yes, and, and we do. Certainly at a later point, I can be afforded the opportunity to stand out and say, this is how we should do things and et cetera, et cetera, because I come to it from a place of knowledge. It's a question of, you know, telling people how things should be from a place of ignorance. That's a bad call. Yeah. And so that's what I try and avoid. And that's one of the problems I think that when a quote unquote new new boss gets hired in, oftentimes like they have their own way of doing things and they don't understand how the team works. And so they just want to replace the team. Right, and that's usually what happens. And then that's a lot of friction, and you get a lot of information walking out the door, too, and it's not, that, not that, a good thing. What does that mean? Like, people quit? or Yeah, people quit or get or fired. Or they get fired by the new person. I've been on the bad side of that, and sometimes it's about, okay, this is the hand I'm dealt, and you're doing this, and that kind of puts me in a position where I have to do that. Otherwise, what am I doing? Am I completely submitting to something completely unreasonable? But it's hard. It's hard. I can, I can have compassion. It's hard to change your culture. It's hard to change what you grew up with. True. You know, it's a habit, right? Well, no, and I, I tell people, if you've previously been successful doing A, continuing to do A is something that you're going to feel good about, regardless of whether or not the entire world has changed and doing A to the exclusion of everything else is a mistake. Because everybody then, looks at... Um, blockbuster video. Oh, they were so foolish. Well, yeah, but they had a working business model for, what, 20 years before the the interwebs killed it? And now you've got Netflix, but Netflix has Disney and HBO Max and CBS or Peacock and CBS Online and et cetera, et cetera, ad nauseum. So Thank who knows who, how are people going to end up on top of that? So this comes down to what I say all the time. It's about resilience correct? My family was not resilient. They were resilient enough to bravely drop everything that they had built to 
get out of a country that had become incredibly volatile, right? And let's just say unfriendly. Very unfriendly. Brave enough to move with being pregnant with like little right. kids and going to a country, new language, new culture. They hate you because you look this way. That's incredibly brave. And that's very resilient to, to bend and go with the wind like that. To right. Be bamboo, right? Mm-hmm. But to keep going, to becoming resilient at every step is a challenge. True. So with my family... They stopped right there. They were not resilient after that. Like they got complacent out of fear because they needed, probably they needed time to really um, have some space where they could breathe. And then that's addictive right there. It's to stay in that comfort zone, right? Right. But guaranteed, and this goes for the bosses that come in, they're used to a certain culture, you know, their own culture. And they're not going to adapt to this other culture this other generation right Right. therefore you're not even going to look at them you're not going to give them the time of day you're not going to listen to their ideas you're not going to really hear what they're about that's why i got pushed out of the family do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i stuck out like a sore thumb in that way and not accepted yeah no i get it so anyway Sorry, I got emotional. Just being resilient is what I'm, See, I'm trying to say. See, to me, it's say. resilient and adaptive. But isn't that what that means? It's the same thing. Resilient to me means you, you stay strong no matter what happens. No, resilient is like going, being like water. You take any shape in any situation. You take that shape. You're, you're bendy. Hmm. You float. Hold on. You float. Where are keep, you going? Keep talking. I'm coming right going? back. I'm getting a dictionary, devil. Oh, Lord, he's getting the dictionary. This is like, it takes me back to the days of um, Scrabble. I hate playing games. I hate it. They call me Chewbacca. We actually have a paper dictionary because we create, well, no, I have a paper dictionary because I've had this since I was like 13. And I really like the fact that it cannot be tweaked. It cannot be modified. Hold on. Are you looking up resilience right now? Yes. It's also a cultural thing. You can't look at an old dictionary. I can look at an old dictionary. It's a word. I know you can look at it, but I'm saying it. the meaning could have shifted. Ahem. Oh, Lord. Here we go. All right. Definition two is the one I like. <laughs> what's definition one? Shh. No. What's definition one? Returning to the original form or position after being bent, compressed, or stretched. I don't like that. I do. I don't like that definition. This is old, outdated. Recovering readily from illness, depression, adversity, or the like. This is an outmoded dictionary. This is the Random House right. College Dictionary. Stop. Now, I'm hold ta- on. I'm talking culturally. Hold I'm talking on. spiritually. I'm talking socially. Don't go back to some stupid definition. Hold on. Now I'll read definition number one. No. <sighs> The power or ability to return to the original form or position after being bent, compressed, or stretched. Elasticity. I don't like that. I know. All right, so what was the other word you were using? I'm saying it's being adaptive. All right, adaptive. But that just Resilient just means like my, to me. I don't like the sound of adaptive. Mm. Hey, (laughs) you better watch it. Devil. Um, 
to me, Watch you need yourself. to be resilient at your like innermost core. You know, that, that one clean definition of who you are and how you value your, your entire sense of self-worth and all the rest of it, that better be resilient. Otherwise, people can like take pot shots at you and do terrible things. What's the word for water going through and re-sculpting rocks and like taking any shape, any form and still flowing with it? What would Bruce Lee call it? What would Bruce Lee say is the word for that? I don't like adaptive. It reminds me of underwear for, um, for um, incontinence. <laughs> what would Bruce Lee say? Pull out a <clears throat> Bruce Lee book. Adapt. To make suitable to requirements or conditions, adjust or modify fittingly. To adjust oneself to a new environment, different conditions, etc. Adapt. Uh, you know what? I don't like this dictionary. I want to burn it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Random House College. Sorry. All right. And this guy, he doesn't know nothing about no interwebs. Ooh, video text. Stop it. <laughs> I can get lost in a dictionary for a minute. You can. But, well, I used to read encyclopedias, not like my older brother, but... Good I would. You. Good for you, honey. Like, paw through it and, like, learn new things about random things. All right, back to what we were talking about. What were we talking about? Well, we're just we're talking about culture and being adaptive, especially as a boss walking oh, in. Somebody's now just oh, I said appropriated the my word. <laughs> Woo word. I hate you. Uh. <laughs> Ugh. See what you do? Brainwash. Stop it. Stop polishing your nails on All your All those shirt. nails are very pretty. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is where I want to like flip this whole table over and walk away. I feel angry right now. Me, me. You better stop it. Behave yourself. Watch it. I feel the I feel the I'm going to have to have eyes in the back of my head on Ooh, this one. I'm feeling rage right now. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you, though? Can you just be on my side here and try to understand what I'm trying to tell you? Precision. I don't want precision. I'm talking about feelings. Feelings. Hello? I do, and I totally get it. Okay? I do. I do. I just want to make sure because if you throw out a word like resilience, you know, it, it has certain connotations. That's all. Versus, you know, adaptive. Again, has connotations, as you said, for like underwear, I guess. I don't know. Um, but... Um, being like water is a whole other thing, and well, you're right. Just yeah. say be like water. I mean, I've heard that. Um, it's I've, a martial I've, arts term. It's a martial arts term, exactly. Um, but water flows around everything, so people say water is. If and you wanna, bamboo. If you want to talk about strong elements, people would say water is the strongest element amongst earth, air, fire, water. But, you know, tell that to a forest on fire. Tell that to, you know, it's a tricky thing. Tell that to a, a volcano. Good luck. <sighs> you know, I think I think it's all cycle. It's all a cycle of life, and each one it can be strongest in its own way. You know, this is what Pokemon teaches us. <laughs> is that what Pokemon? That's is one of the things Pokemon teaches us. <laughs> because there's grass type, fire type, water type, and earth type for starters, and then of course they got 87 different types: darks and and rocks and. Wait, is there a rock? I think there's a rock type. Ghost types and poison types and keep going flying types. But that that was just confusing the issue. When you started with just a key four, yeah, 
you know, it's like it's like rock it's like rock paper scissors. All right. Well, can we wrap this up? I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, nay nay. Well, can we stop it? <laughs> can we just bring this back around? Yes. To what I was originally saying. Be genuine. <laughs> Be adaptive. Stop it. Ow. <laughs> But be be genuine with your friends. Otherwise, how do you how can you really know them, and how can they how can they feel comfortable in letting you uh, into their world too? And be genuine with family with your with your children. Right. Right. Yes. Honest and genuine. Yes. Absol- absolutely. I mean, know? I think that the way we behave in work situations is how we have been behaving in family situations. Like there are certain subjects that you don't talk about. I have right. a friend who keeps everything from her kids. Right. And she looks at me in horror because of the conversations that I have with our kids. Right. And I look at her in horror because I'm like, you don't talk to your kids about this? Like, wow, you you mask everything, it feels like. Right. And I think everyone pictures there's a there's a time and a place for uh, them to start being genuine with their children, and it usually involves wait, being sixteen to eighteen. But, but you if haven't it's too late. You haven't built a vocabulary with them yet, and you haven't built a relationship. They're already grown by that age. Right, and I guess when I say built a vocabulary, I really mean built a relationship where, you oh, know, you can say stuff like you you pissed me off to your children, which wow is is a very challenging thing to say, certainly. Because, of course, parents aren't supposed to be able to be hurt by their kids. But, of course, as we know, yeah, kids can put the knife in the deepest. <laughs> My goodness. So can friends. That's Anybody that's close to you can put a, the knife in, in the deepest. That is true. I don't like that analogy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you would. Oh, my gosh. So, anyway, I was going to say something in, in relation to what you were saying, and I blanked out. I guess you're going to give me the final word, then. No. <laughs> <laughs> I think you will. Stop, Jedi, Jedi, Jedi mining me. Jedi, Jedi mining me. Get those fingers out of my face. <laughs> it's not going to work. No. Stop it. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, there's so much to talk about. Be genuine, be authentic, be like water. Yeah, Peace all right. Out. We'll, we'll talk later. I have to go to the bathroom now. Okay. Take care, everybody. Be well.